The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. How do your thoughts get in the way of your heart? Hey listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And today we're going to be talking about the neurosurgeon and author James Doty, who recently wrote a book, Into the Magic Shop, which is a neurosurgeon's quest to discover the mysteries of the brain and the secrets of the heart. So we heard him speak a few weeks back about his life journey and some of the incredible lessons that he's learned. And first, what I want to do is share a little bit about what the book is. Um, So essentially, this kid, and this is James, it's a true story, grows up in California. And one summer, he's all alone and he's hanging out and he's on his bike. And he realizes one day that he forgot or lost his magic thumb, which he uses to put like an egg in or a cigarette or whatever. He does these little magic tricks and he loses the thumb. So he wants to go find a magic shop and decides to ride his bike downtown, finds the shop, and instead of the shopkeeper, there's a woman there. And essentially this woman then goes on for the entire summer to teach him techniques around how to change his life and change the way he lives in the world. From that, he made his own dreams come true down to some really specific things, like getting this specific car or living in a specific place. But one of the challenges he encounters is that in all of this, he forgot to keep his heart open, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. So what he spoke about while he was here at LinkedIn speaking with us was coming back to center after major losses and setbacks, really living from the heart and many other things we can't wait to share with you. So Jackie, if you want to kick it off. Yeah, thank you so much for that introduction to James Doty. We just took away so much from his session that he had at LinkedIn. Really just good one-liners and just his whole story about keeping your heart open and the influence that this woman, Ruth, who he talks about in the book, had on his life. Something that he said that was really, it really just struck a chord with me is, quote-unquote, Each of us are here today because somebody cared. He goes on to say without mentors or networks, people you've made connections with throughout your life, people who've had financial influence on you. And this was really in the context of this woman, Ruth, who impacted him so much and and really taught him a lot that he has taken with him throughout his life. He says, when you're compassionate to another, you help yourself. And I think that this just really struck a chord with me because I think about like if we were born into this world by ourselves with no one else around us, what would we do? What could we do without people around us to talk to, to support us, to influence us, to be there for us when we need them and to be there for others, right? To to kind of show that fortuitous cycle of compassion. And when I was reflecting on my life and stories and people that have impacted me, I really thought about this story that my dad actually told us while growing up. And I wanted to share it with our audience today because it was just so uh, influential in my upbringing. And it's a true story. And just thinking about all that James had gone through throughout his life and how this woman impacted him, this is what came top of mind today for me. So when I was one years old, my father was diagnosed with testicular cancer. At the time, he owned a restaurant with two partners. And he had a family of five, right? So it was my mother and then me and my two sisters. And he was supporting. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And my dad got sick. And he was in and out of the hospital for a year. 
And he had to sell his portion of the restaurant because he was just too sick going through chemotherapy to really take part. And it got to the point where he wasn't able to sustain being part of that business anymore. Throughout that year, he really fret, like, what am I going to do? I have a family of five who I need to support. And he had a friend who had his own business and gave him the yellow pages and said, Reg, that was my dad's name, uh, Reg, if you want to go through the yellow pages and find people that I can reach out to aligned with my business, I'll give you a sum of money for every page in the yellow pages that you go through. And he paid quite a hefty amount, really just to keep my dad on his feet and my dad's family, our family, on our feet. And my dad talks about this story because he said in times of need, you have those friends that not only are there for you support-wise and and to empathize with you, but really in a compassionate way to take action and really influence you in that deep way. It allowed my father to uh, support us while he was out of business, out of work. And then once he, he recovered and he um, got through that that illness then, and, you know, when he went back into the working world, he went to a completely different business, you know, got out of the restaurant business, which he'll also say was a blessing in disguise, mm-hmm. right? Because he was in the restaurant business for 10 years and he was ready for a new chapter. But this friend was a friend of my dad's throughout his entire life. And so when I think about each of us are here today because somebody cared, I think about how impactful that that situation was on my my father and my family. Mm, that is so amazing. I love that. I mean, there's so many pieces that I was thinking about as you were talking, one of which is just the ability to be vulnerable with people that you know, right? Like this is a really hard thing to go through any sort of illness with a family. And then on top of that, to have challenges around finances is difficult. And so the ability for your dad to be vulnerable enough to say, yes, this is something I'm going through. And for a friend to say, I'm here and make your dad not feel like he's getting a handout Mm -hmm. and your family not feel like they're getting a handout, but that he's doing something to contribute, even if it was a hefty amount. Like there's just something really powerful to that. And I'm sure... It's like once people have seen all of you, there's no way. It's, it's sort of like the undi- unconditional love idea, right? It's like someone's seen all of who your dad was. I love that you said that because I've never thought about that aspect of the story before. You know, my dad was such a humble man and he was such he was an emotional man, right? And so he I think that that streak of vulnerability was just so present in who he was that he didn't feel like he ever had to hide something. But you pointing that out really gives me a perspective that I had never seen before. Yeah, yeah, totally. And what a beautiful story, too. I mean, that's the story of like family, the story of relationship and, you know, uh, back to the story of people caring and seeing how that turns out for others in a positive way. Yeah, that's awesome. So I uh, I took away something else that I wanted to share. And like Jackie said, there are so many little tidbits from James's talk. I've also been reading the book. So for any of you who are thinking about the book, it is incredible. I suggest you buy it. So one of the things that really stuck out for me uh, was around psychological safety, which is something that Jim mentioned while he was speaking. And the way that he mentioned it is that psychological safety is something that we are able to create for others in every relationship. And what it is, first of all, is psychological safety, which has gotten a lot of notoriety in the last, you know, probably 12 to, to 16 months, is it is the ability for every member of a team to feel that they can trust, that they can go out, make mistakes and fail without coming back and having repercussions. So it's essentially about trust. And when I think about relationships, the underpinning of every relationship is trust. So Jim mentioned this because the woman in the magic shop, Ruth, was someone who created incredible psychological safety for him. He could trust that he could make mistakes, he'd come back and he could still experience what he got from her, which was unconditional love. 
which is pretty cool. So this came up for me specifically because I love the idea of being accountable and responsible to creating psychological safety in my relationships and understanding that I have the power to do that. And I also think about it from a team perspective at work. So I've been on teams where I have felt psychologically safe and those where I haven't. I can say today that I'm on a team where I feel psychologically safe. And what we've been able to do as a team because of that is build connection with each other, with our leader, build trust, talk about our lives in a holistic way and really understand each other. And what that means is we can actually support each other. And so I've created connections on my team and others have as well that we wouldn't have had we not had this feeling of real underpinning trust. Yeah. And psychological safety is a term that I've really only heard in the workplace in in terms of teams. You know, Google had this study a few years ago that looked at what makes a high-performing team, and they found that psychological safety was the number one thing that that creates a a high-performing team. But what I loved about James' story was how he talked about it in the relationship way outside of the office, so Mm -hmm. having those personal relationships. And, you know, trust and communication are the building blocks of creating psychological safety. And something I thought about, even when you pointed out the vulnerability that my father had with his friend to create that psychological space. So much about creating psychological safety is having the courage to be vulnerable and and leading by example. So, you know, as a manager here at LinkedIn, I try and lead by example in that way to create psychological safety for my team. If I'm vulnerable, if I speak up, if I admit my mistakes, if I'm open with my team, they then feel safe enough to do the same and with each other. So I, I just love how it's something that you can create between two people, between a team, inside the workplace, outside of the workplace. Such a fantastic term. Yeah. And I mean, vulnerability and trust are really like in a dance with each other. And Brene Brown always says it's the first thing we want to see in others and the last thing we want to show in ourselves Mm. to others. So like it is a courageous act to do this and it does build trust. So there's some like amazing positive impacts of it. I was doing a little bit of research too around, you know, what create psychological safety. And there's two resources I wanted to share. One is an article that I found uh, that talks about psychological safety. And three of the points that were brought up that I think are really powerful are creating psychological safety is about relating to people human to human, which is probably something that you're hearing from us right now as we talk about this. It's also about collaborating and not being an adversary when it comes to challenges and conflicts. So oftentimes, you know, we find that when we're in struggle at work, we actually move away from collaboration because we're uncomfortable. We don't want to be dealing with it. And so we become adversarial with each other, trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong. Uh, My mentor always says, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And oftentimes we get caught up in wanting to be right. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is placing curiosity ahead of blame. So instead of blaming someone for something that happened, getting curious about what's going on. And that's something we can take into our personal lives, too. So I really love those three points. The other is an underpinning for, I think, creating psychological safety in all of our relationships. I think particularly in personal relationships, though, which I love. It's something that Brene Brown has created. It's an acronym called BRAVING. I'm not going to go through every single detail of each one, but you'll probably get the picture by what I explain. So B stands for boundaries building boundaries for ourselves and for others. It's a form of love. R is for reliability. We all know what that is. Accountability, so owning our mistakes, apologizing, making amends, being a vault, not sharing information about someone else with other people. If it's someone's business to know, it's their business to know, not everyone else's. Integrity, so choosing courage over being comfortable and making things easy. Non-judgmental, we all know what that is and how good it feels to receive, you know, 
a relationship or a conversation that doesn't feel judgmental. And lastly is generosity. So really making the best possible assumption about others and then ourselves and giving that. And you mentioned the word love in terms of boundaries. And so much of what James talks about is heart-based versus thoughts-based. I mean, he's really looking at that connection between your thoughts and your heart, that ego and that heart. But it all stems from love. And Brene Brown mm-hmm. shares that in that braving piece. So, you know, we started off today by by saying, how do your thoughts get in the way of your heart? And it's something that we often talk about on this podcast in terms of being mindful of those thoughts. Something that James talked about that we both felt was really like a pin in all of what he what he really spoke about was this metaphor of a radio station. And I've heard this before, but it really stuck out to both of us in terms of this heart-based radio station. So when we think of what this metaphor means, it's that at all times we are kind of living in a vibration. And the goal is to be tuned into the right vibration that is in alignment with who you are, your essence, your being, who you are at your core. And it's easy sometimes to know when you're, maybe it's not easy, but I think a lot of us will get into a funk sometimes or uh, kind of just feel out of sorts. And maybe we're tuned into the wrong radio station at that time. So it really is about the voice inside your head and where you want to focus those thoughts. And really, the ideal is focusing those thoughts in a heart-based, love, compassionate way. So being into the, being tuned into the station that's going to bring you the most fulfillment, the most happiness. And when I think about that braving acronym, I think about the generosity and the love and, and having integrity. And it really goes along with this heart-based feeling that he talks about. So really thinking through like what radio station are you tuned into and what do you want to be tuned into all the time? The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Yeah. And so once you know what you want to be tuned into, I think the challenge is actually staying in tune with that thing, right? I want to go back a little bit of a step, though, and just say that with these this radio station kind of metaphor, the biggest challenge is first just recognizing that it's even happening. Mm. Like so many of That's us feel point. like we're we're aligned to our thoughts, that our thoughts are us, that whatever's happening in our mind is actually the truth of who we are. And so it's just not even knowing that gets people tripped up. And so becoming kind of more self-aware of the concept that the thoughts are not you can help you understand that you're tuned into one station versus another and that you have the power to change it. I also think one of the things that gets in the way here is really the states of mind, experiences, or feelings that we have. And that can get us off course, right? So when we're really feeling good and connected to ourselves, it's very easy to get the radio station on the right track. It's when we get into these states of stress or anxiety or a bad experience that we have or a feeling that things shift. And something that I love that I read about is Pema Trojan, who's an author uh, and many other things, um, talks about feelings and how they only last 90 seconds. And the challenge for us is we listen or hear a feeling or feel a feeling and we attach to it and we let that feeling last for 
minutes, hours, years, because we attach to it. So Pema's kind of idea and her concept or her belief is that if we allow that feeling to just go through us without judging it, it will leave. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to who we are. So think about the last time that you had a thought that totally messed you up because it was a short, it was a brief feeling that led to a thought that then led you down a whole alleyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's something that I I loved is really just understanding that we actually have the power to attach or not attach to our own negative thoughts. And she calls it the hook, line, and sinkum thoughts. Mm -hmm. I call them junk thoughts, whatever it is. It's not our heart. It's actually our brain. And they're totally different. Yeah. And James mentioned also about it's easier for us as human beings to attach to the negative thoughts because if you think about it evolution-wise, that, that negative thoughts are what put us at risk. And so we need to be attuned to, wait, where is there risk around me? And so attaching to those rather than the positive thoughts where you're getting something out of it, but you don't need to be as worried about it. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. And, and I think evolution-wise, behaviorally, psychologically, we attach ourselves to these negative thoughts, which actually then the more, to your point, the longer we're with them or the more they stick with us, the greater disconnect we have with the right radio station that we should be tuned into. And the more power we give them, right? And then the more we look at everything with the, the kind of lens of this crappy radio station, right? Like, if you ever notice that feeling, and maybe we've talked about it before, is like one thing's bad and then you look at everything and it's all bad. Exactly. <laughs> it's wearing those gray colored glasses. And how do you get back to those rosy colored glasses? Yeah, yeah, totally. So so this is a big one. I think it's really important because I, I always want to recognize that while we're talking about these concepts, these are practices and they're practices that we go in and out of imperfectly all the time. So we have experiences where we are not tuned into the right radio station and maybe even times where we're not even realizing it. So you have to continually practice just the noticing, just one place to start. Another area that we do think is important and aligned with the practices is thinking about what is going to help you essentially come back to the radio station that's going to help you stay in tune, right, or help you stay where you want to be. So we each have some practices. You know, for me, I think about writing as a really important practice. I can call seven friends and still not feel like I'm back in the right radio station. Mm -hmm. And that took a long time to learn. I love talking on the phone. So I'm like, I, I want that. But writing is really what gets me back into a place where I can come back to the right station. Yeah, I I think writing is a great one because it's releasing versus sticking with, as you you mentioned before, rather than sticking with it for an hour or years, right? Mm -hmm. It's releasing it in the moment and feeling that feeling and letting it go through. You mentioned the word awareness before. And for me, it, it goes back to this mindfulness practice, this meditation practice. I mean, even this morning, I did a 15-minute meditation with some colleagues. And even just coming out of that, I felt different. I felt more present. I felt more connected. I felt calm. I felt less stressed. And I felt more in alignment, right? And I was able to feel really good about where I was tuned into coming in today's to today's recording, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's totally relevant for me to right now being on the wrong radio station. Like I wanted to get back onto the right radio station, have been off and I've been trying James's um, meditation exercise actually all this week. And so I was able to sit for an hour a few of the days of the week, which has been fantastic. And I felt completely different. Uh, And then last night was able to sit again and do some of the practices he shares. So I totally agree. The mindfulness is huge. Yeah. And it's a practice, right? And tuning into the right radio station takes awareness and practice to stay in it. 
And there are some key ways that we can go about doing this. And it's going to be unique and and individualistic, I'd say, for each person. Um, But finding what is right for you. But I do agree that it starts with just tuning in to the awareness. Like, where am I right now? And and how am I feeling? And do I feel like I'm aligned there? That's right. Yep. The last one for me that I I would say is important is also just exercise. There's a lot of, you know, we all know there's a lot of physical benefits to exercising. I look at the emotional and mental benefits, though. Those tend to be more valuable to me in keeping myself in line. So having an exercise routine, whatever that is, and trying my best to get outside, which is something I never Mm. realized was important. But for me, at least, when I'm outside versus inside at a gym, very different experience and that's probably because I'm surrounded by nature. Yeah, well there's something about nature that really brings you in and there's a at least for me a connection that happens because nature is a living, breathing, real thing. So you're you're feeling that connection, connection, almost like the relationships piece, mm-hmm. right? It's like your relationship to nature that actually adds value in a different way than an intangible item like a treadmill in yeah. a in a in a gym. Yeah, and that like that you're right, that loops us back to the nature of relationships and like how are we in relationship to everything around mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. including each other and how important we all are yeah. to each other. Yeah, and it and it's really interesting this whole tuning into the the radio station because there is this um almost yin yang type thing of like thoughts and hearts, right? And like living through your heart and allowing your thoughts to be in alignment with that versus letting your thoughts go off and like seeing them as two separate things, but actually being very intertwined and finding that balance for each person. That's right. That's right. And our brains do come in handy sometimes. So I think it's just understanding where is it, where is it working for me and where is it working against exactly. me? And we have a hard time figuring that out because like you mentioned earlier, we're wired to look mm-hmm. for risk. Mm-hmm. And so we look for risk, but the risk in emotions is not the same as the risk of, you know, being attacked by a lion, you know, and we don't, our brains don't know the difference. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the the, the takeaways or the big takeaway we'd love for, for you all to, to have listening to this is really thinking about internal kind of conflict or struggle that you have. Whenever there's something going on in your mind and you're going, like Jackie mentioned earlier, I'm out of sorts or something's just off or I'm not feeling good or I'm triggered, right, or I'm hooked to something, take a second and ask yourself, you know, in this heart-based thinking space, what does your heart have to say? So we're looking forward to hearing about your reflections, and hope that you get something valuable out of trying that out. Thanks for joining us again in the arena on the journey. And feel free to look at uh, iTunes or Spotify under LinkedIn in the arena. And we will see you all soon. Thanks, listeners. Have a great day. 